Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here, along with Scoot Yoo-hoo! and Judson. Guido, it has been a hot minute since it's we been a bit. had a pod, and we have some things to catch up on. I mean, I feel like we took some time off. Uh, yeah, here's how I equate it: Everybody guys. needs a little time away. <laughs> <laughs> I heard her say. I heard, I heard Guido say. So you know, we are here for the WVU fans, right? Yeah, we're here. We're here for you. We're here to hear. Like, we're here for you. It's been it's been tough. It's a tough go the last couple of years with the football and the basketball. And I feel like Johnson. Nobody was here for us, and so we just needed some time away. Yeah, right. Sometimes you got to recharge the battery, Scoot. Sometimes you just yeah, got to step away right. to be a good. To to be um, to stay sharp to be a buddy to be a buddy to these podcast listeners that we are trying to be yes uh, and help everyone get through this stuff together. Sometimes you got to step away and recharge the batteries. Well, I I feared that we would be responsible for several people driving their vehicles over a cliff. If, if they listen to week upon week, sometimes we need to break away to save lives. Last week, when we decided not to do a show, we were texting about it on our on our group text chat that we have going on, and Scoot was like, yeah, I don't want to do the most depressing show in West Virginia sports. Are you saying it would have been negative, Scoot? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, I'm saying that we saved lives by taking a week off. <laughs> that feels weighty, but okay. Maybe. Possibly true. Possibly. Uh, So since we have last done a show, West Virginia has won two games, lost three games. Uh, They beat Iowa State. They lost to Texas, lost to Baylor. They beat Oklahoma State handily. And then a tough loss to Kansas, guys. And I have to say, I'm I'm just going to continue the same train of thought I've had all season long with this team. It might be, at least for a while, it might be the most difficult WVU basketball team I have ever had to watch play basketball because the parts are there the players are there the wins are not there Scooty yeah so I was you know I was I was the glass half full guy you've been all I was the glass half full yeah you've been holding the rope you were as it were were 12 wins this last two weeks has shut me down it's tested you it has it has made me chug my glass so that it's now not even half empty. It's empty. Okay. It, it's well, you had you had mixed in this run since we've been away. The home loss to Texas Tech that felt like the pin in the proverbial bubble, Scoot. That's well, like it just felt like that loss was so painful at home. And I'm gonna say this with some respect. I feel like a lot of our issue has been coaching. Okay. And I've I've said this before slightly, but now I really feel it. Okay. The talent is there. I don't feel that the team is the problem. I, I don't feel that the team is the problem. I feel the way they're managed, the situational stuff, um, perhaps how they're prepared, game, you know, game scheme, um, some of that kind of thing. Rota- rotations, rotations, maybe. Um. I feel that that has been the issue. 
Because if you look at the talent, the talent, the guys are still performing. It's so why are we losing? Right. So if, if guys are still scoring, like Eric Stevenson, still scoring points, uh, Trey Mitchell, who's been somewhat inconsistent, but for the most part, he's still getting double digit scoring. If anyone's fallen off, maybe it's Emmett Matthews. Uh, I think Emmett's kind of become a little bit of a ghost or, or a puzzle. Um, although here lately he's kind of picked it back up slightly. Um, we're not getting hardly anything out of our center spot right now. So there's, there's some, something is amiss. The talent is there though. The talent hasn't changed. And the reason why people are still considering us a, an NCAA tournament team is because the talent is there. It's not because the coaching is tremendous. Cause if you were going to just put teams in based on their coaches, you would you would look at uh, the Hall of Fame type coaches and just put them in, but that's not how you do this. So let me ask you this question, Johnson. Uh, so Scoot's on the one end extreme. Now he's like jumping off the team bandwagon. Yes, I'm I'm trying to sort out for me how much of this is the fact that the Big Twelve in general is just a juggernaut. I mean, the loss to Kansas, be it a loss, and uh, you know, and and Joey Toots kind of threw it away there in the last you know ten seconds, like was a good loss. Like they played good. The press looked good. They they actually and coming out of those timeouts and the traps and the press, like it looked good. And so then I start to go, well, how much is it the fact that the Big 12 is just so hard? Like it's just a, such a we're losing to teams that are good like Texas and Kansas. And you look at things like Ken Palm and the Ken Palm ratings have every Big 12 team in the in the you know going into the tournament they have West Virginia Ken Palm the computers still have West Virginia ranked 20th in the nation they're the only team in the top 40 of Ken Palm that has 16 wins every other team has 20 19 18 I'm having a hard time like understanding like and I said this like I, and I just keep what I keep saying like I said that this team was going to have a tough conference season was going to win maybe one or two games in the conference tournament and then was going to make a sweet 16 run and i still think that's possible that's what's crazy about this team the conference is a juggernaut i mean there's no there's no denying that i think uh just as an aside i think looking at some other scores over the last you know couple sh- weeks since we've been away i think iowa state has now lost four in a row you know they were like at the top of the conference in early early to mid january stuff like that so i think everyone is trying to navigate this gauntlet but i guess guido my comment would be this is your conference like i i know it's tough but if we're being honest with ourselves we want it to be tough we want to face the best teams we that's what we claim to have loved about the big east uh the physicality you know there were no weeks off really rutgers maybe um but you know you were always on so I think, yes, it is a gauntlet, but I think now with as many games as we've played and the benefit of hindsight over this whole body of work, isn't it frustrating to you that you can probably rattle off three to five games where if foul shots are made, if the plan doesn't fall apart, if we don't turn the ball over 20 plus times, you know, you probably close those games out. You probably have your 19 wins. 
And we're not even having this conversation. I think that's the frustration of it. And that's why I tend to lean in Scoot's direction. I think the there are parts of this season, had it been managed a little bit better, had it been coached up a little bit better, I, I would even submit, I know we're going to get into it, but look, the last... The last 24 seconds of this Kansas game, could the Stars have aligned any better to give you a shot at Fog Allen Fieldhouse to make something happen in your 11th try under hugs there? I would submit no. I mean, you had you had a wonderful opportunity and it wasn't closed out. Now, in the in the post game, Hugs says, uh, Scoot, he said we were going to run the same thing we were going to run for Eric that we did at Auburn, but it was cut off. I respect that. Fine. There wasn't a plan B. You know, like if it got cut off, it got pretty immediately cut off. We then dribble out pretty much the rest of that 24 seconds and we don't we don't even get a shot up. I think that's the painful part of that is you're not even getting a shot up. I'd rather deal with missing a shot than just watching the clock run. What's out. frustrating to me in that in that game against Kansas is Joe Toussaint. I'll be honest, I'd rather the ball in his hands than Kedrian for me. That's just, I, I feel he's, uh, I'm more comfortable with that. Two, he did give the ball up, and then Emmett Matthews, for whatever reason, instead of being assertive Emmett, gave it right back to him. Right. It was really weird. I and agree then with you on kind that. Kind of put him in a bad, so like people are going to blame Joe Toussaint for dribbling the ball out, but Joe Toussaint wasn't really supposed to get that ball back. Right. And the fact that he got it back and, and now you're like clock is ticking, clock is ticking. Like, you know, so and like he had you, to for and he had to force that. He had to force right. he had to force what he did there. Right. Just Absolutely. take the shot or, or dribble drive, Emmett. Why are you giving the ball back up? You're the supposed to be the fifth year leader guy. Like what are you doing? You're gonna give it back to Joe Toussaint who's really not the guy. Well and I think that leads to Joe like Joey Toots thing gets, you know, I if you're on Twitter like we are Everyone is really raking Joey Toots over the coals. And I, I think in his defense, I mean, there should have been a, a clear plan B. If you go back and just watch high, the highlight of that play, because everyone has everyone has played it everywhere since the game ended, there was a lot of just standing around. I mean, in his defense, everyone else just went into statue mode. It didn't and look Evan like Matthews there was... treats it like a hot potato. Right. So, I, don't I want mean, this I, thing. You take I have a hard time criticizing uh, Joe Toussaint too much. Because his I mean, job is to get the ball to somebody. He did his job. Yeah, and then like you give it right back to him. Right, like, I, I mean, don't want to take it. I, so any, anyway, it was frustrating. You know, like I said, I'd rather deal with missing a, a shot than not getting one up on the rim. That, Let's that's talk the, about that inside presence from that Kansas game. Okay, uh, our center spot or their lack thereof. Or lack you mean? thereof. On, right. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Bell ghost. What happened? What happened to him, Scoot? Well, and Scoot, I would rope. I would rope James Aconquo in there too. Right. I mean, I think no, to, I agree. together. Yeah, but I don't. But I think I think the difference is Johnson is we weren't expecting like James Aconquo stepped it up a couple of games this season. We weren't expecting him to be that's fair. That presence. Yeah, that's fair. And we and Mo is Mo is a injured. He's hurt, right? I guess he's hurt, so he's out. And so, but you take those two guys. I'm just saying, take those two guys together. They played 25 minutes. I think between them, they scored uh, one point. Right. So, right. And, and 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 Scoot, I go back to November 24th, 
and we play Purdue and we play that guy who's like, I don't know, every time I right. hear about about him, he's like an extra inch taller. He's oh, like yes. eight foot two now. <laughs> Zach <laughs> Eady. Yeah, right. yeah, right. But anyway, like Jimmy Bell, like Tonka looked great against him in that game. He kept him and like what happened? What happened to that Jimmy Bell, right? Right. Like, where's the pre? Like, not just the. Uh, it's not p- the points. Like, it's not the production as much as it is the presence. Right. And he's had. He's had games. I don't know if it's if if it's him being motivated by somebody else to like. If you remember the what was it, the Kansas State guy that he or Texas TCU uh, guy. TCU Lampkin. Yeah. yeah. He there was somebody kind of saying that he was the best big man in the Big 12 and Jimmy took right. took exception to that and and played really well. Well, would you say would you say that Jimmy Bell is in his def- well, I don't know if it's in his defense, but Guido, do you think it's similar to kind of where you were going at the start of this? I mean, Jimmy's coming in scoot from a junior college as a transfer. Right. You know, maybe he's kind of hitting the wall. I mean, right. you know, the, I, like, I mean, it's, I, gr- it's a grueling schedule. Our travel is crazy. You know, like just they're tough teams. Yeah, right. You're playing tough. He and did out. do well early on, um, and what, whatever the kid's name was from Florida, F- Mount oh, Fujitomo, or oh uh, no, I, oh right, what was that guy's name? I don't know. Yeah. It was like a he Japanese was like a mountain. mountain. That guy was, was huge. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Fatubo or Fatubo, <laughs> I don't know something. Anyway. Um, but even Castleton, like he did really well there, yeah. like, but he, all of those did, games yeah. were earlier in the season. So you might be onto something where, you know, when you're playing for, uh, whatever that team was that he played for that junior college team, they were the hounds. I don't know what the name of the school was, but when you play there, like, are you playing 30 plus games? Are you playing, you know, I don't know that you are. You might be playing 20 games. It just makes me wonder if from a stamina right side of things. I I don't know. I I still think Jimmy Bell can be that guy, but in the last uh Guido, I think I read pro- coming into Kansas, I think in the last 6 games he was averaging like 3 points, 3 rebounds. I mean, he just right. kind of not there, you know. He yeah. He's got this. What I guess maybe is where we as fans get caught up. I get caught up. He's similar size, probably to uh, Devin Williams or even the Turk, right? And we saw offensive production from those guys, and they're not the same, right? So Jimmy Bell is not those guys. And to for me, to, I have to reset my expectations. Like he's not going to be a big time offensive threat. Yeah. If he gets right. you ten points, that's a great game for Jimmy. Yeah. I I think he's got good feet. I don't know that he's got great hands. Well, and the interesting thing in this Kansas game is that late push, maybe like the under four. He closed out with someone on a trap caused he got a deflection, caused a turnover. I mean, so it's hard. To, like you can see it. You know, like he's yeah. he's able to get in the mix and stuff, but just from like a, you know, uh, forty minutes of stuff, you don't you're you're not seeing it lately. So I I don't know. And it was Scoot. It was uh, Jason Jatobo was that guy. Jatobo Mount Jatobo Mount Jatobo Mount Jatobo. I think the other thing to talk about in this in in this is like we continue. You know, I feel like as a team we continue to try to climb onto the back of of uh of Stevenson like I feel like he you know I mean Trey Mitchell if Trey Mitchell has a great game 
I feel like I'm if if Trey Mitchell comes out in the first half and he puts up ten points or twelve points or fifteen points, I'm like, oh, this is we got this game. But if Trey Mitchell isn't playing well, and we're now all of a sudden saying, okay, Eric Stevenson's the guy, it makes me nervous because Steve Eric Stevenson can be great and he can be stressful all at the same time. Johnson. Yeah, he he definitely can. I I think the interesting thing two two things. I wanted to to ask you guys though specifically about this game. I think once again, it's interesting. We talk about these rotations all the time. Against Kansas, Hugs pretty much goes with his five. I mean, they play the bulk of the minutes. A Conquo splits time with with Jimmy Bell and, you know, Toots gets rotated in, but pretty much those seven guys are all that played. Uh Emmett Matthews, Trey Mitchell, Kedrian, uh, Stevenson all score in double figures. Yep. Um, you know, and and so that's one thing. I I I just scoot. I wish that was the norm. I just wish it. Well, I, are I, you if, saying that if we I had were, a wish, we're competitive against a top five team because with we our only base played people. seven guys? Yeah, with our base people, just base. Because guys. we didn't throw Kobe in the mix. We didn't play like twelve people. You know that. We didn't drives... want to see what uh, <laughs> what Jamel King had to do today it just, or had I, to offer. I don't understand the the deep. But anyway, so that's one thing. <laughs> did we? Did all the Josiahs get into this? <laughs> and number two, <laughs> number two, uh, hugs. Guido, let me. Um, I pulled. Let's see. I made a note of it in the trusty show notes. Hugs said we pressed. In the post game show, he said, "He said, well, we almost had to. We didn't really have a choice. Keedy was here when we were press Virginia. Emmett was here when we were press Virginia. Is that is that true? I don't. I can't. I, don't I think Emmett think more so timeline. than Keedy. I don't know. He said. Um, I didn't think Keedy. He said yeah, right. so. They know what they're doing. And and I read that and I thought. Uh, and Scoot, I text you. I was like, uh, uh, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe we should have been doing like, more of that all season. It's as if, so we, we were press Virginia. Like now it's probably onwards of five years ago, right? <laughs> it feels like right. a decade. Yeah, yeah, it feels forever. So ago. we were press Virginia and we had to play a lot of guys when you were press Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then we went away from press Virginia and it's as if the substitutions did not change (laughs) from press Virginia. So going back, right. Going back to what you said, Scoot, like at the beginning of all of this, this is where it does turn back into like, it's a coaching issue because there is no, there's no why to this team, right? There's no like, what do we stand for? What are we doing? Press Virginia team was press Virginia. And you knew every game, they were coming out well, as Press yeah, Virginia, right. right? They were coming there's after no, you. Yeah, there's no identity. Yeah. If that's what you're, if you're, yeah, there's like no, if you're yeah, saying right. what's the identity of this team, there really is none. Um, and that falls on the coaching staff. That doesn't fall to on the players. Ex- yeah, I th- like, well, what's funny is, like, if you think of big-time college coaches, each of the ones that are the most successful have something, right? Uh, Bayheim is the 2-3 defense, right. you he'll, know? He's going to uh, zone, Syracuse is going to zone you. Right. Uh, Virginia has that whatever that pack line defense or whatever the right. garbage. Right. I think it's just like <laughs> it's just called "Don't let the other team score." I don't know why <laughs> you're they... fond. Of, I can tell you're fond of <laughs> well, it. Well, yes. it's it's ridiculous. It's not. Don't let the other team the, score. I, he runs that pack line defense. Okay. Well, it's called "Don't let the other team score." Really is what it's called and box out. Tony Bennett, um, innovator. So, you know, big time coaches have something. For a long time, Huggins was known for having like uh, what would be like the Brooklyn Brawlers 
of of basketball, right? So yeah. you'd have like these Physical. street fighters, yeah. basically, where you know you it was scary enough to face them playing basketball. It'd be even worse if you had to see them outside the arena. So <laughs> right, right. Um, we don't have that though, right? I mean, right. What what are we? What are we like? And honestly, and I could you tell? Could you tell no, me? I, well maybe we went astray, right? So we were pressed Virginia until we got Oscar. Oscar kind of changed that because Oscar was not that. Oscar was like a a freak of nature, five-star right. recruit. Like, listen. He could have He could have been. Oh, man. yeah. I think he could have done it too. You I know? think so. But we didn't. We kind of veered away. We had, we had Deuce and Oscar. Well, then they leave. Mm-hmm. And then we brought in the – I don't want to say the nobodies. The I don't want to say the nobodies, but yeah, we brought in the, <laughs> the Day Bears of 2022. The, the WVU <laughs> the, Hoodays. The, the Hoodays. <laughs> we okay. brought the Hoodays in. And that, like, I mean, I'll be honest, that last year is what probably set us back another three or four. Not, not COVID, not transfer portal, uh, there's no, you know, we're now we are basically looking for mercenaries to come in for a year or but two. But I thought he got them this year, Scoot. That's my argument well, to this. Is like I think he got the guys. I don't think he's got them playing. Right. They're better players, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think he won in the transfer portal this year. I think they're, that's why we were saying right, they're better players. But the coaching hasn't changed. The coaching is the problem. Like the coaching is is like he he's rudderless. But is that way. because he's co? Is he coaching to the players and not coaching what he used to coach? That I think that's what I feel about uh, this team. It's like I don't know. Like I, I don't, don't know. know. I I feel like, and let's be honest. Like I'm going to say what people think, and and no one's really willing to say. Like the guy sits on a stool. He spends more of his time arguing with the referees about calls during every timeout than than most coaches. The only time he really gets off a stool is to complain about a call. Like, there's not a lot of in-game coaching. Now, what what happens in practice, I don't know. Like, a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm sure Larry would have ran a lot of practices back in the day. I don't know if that's something that happens now or the assistants are, are there and he kind of chimes in from time to time. I'm not really sure that dynamic. But something is different in the sense that the game feels like it's either past past him or he doesn't relate as well to the the people he's trying to coach. I'm not really Johnson, sure. Johnson, is that Scooty trying to make himself the most hated person in West Virginia podcasting? He's he's given it a run, I feel like with that sentiment, but he's he's known to be uh Scoot, you're very like I don't know. You're very like Bobby Heenan in this regard. Yes, you know, the brain. You're like Bobby the Brain Heenan. His nickname no, was the I Brain. I was thinking uh, the mouth of the South. Oh, does Jimmy right? Hart? Like, oh, Jimmy Hart. I'm getting my WWF wrestling managers mixed up. But you, you tend to like. I'm going to tell you. I look. This is what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking, and you don't hold back. So I think, uh, yeah, I think if if you're saying the game is starting to pass by then are you saying like you got to start looking into a transition phase here well, or what, uh, i'm like- not saying fire the guy but i am saying like here's the reason why we may not be doing well 
Like, if you want something to look at, because he's not, this is the reason. He's he is now in the ilk of he will not be fired. No, he's not going to get fired. Like, like there's there, you're not firing. You're not. I mean, like you're not firing no. Bob Huggins. The the hope is that he comes to the realization that when he when he realizes maybe things have changed, that he says I'm ready to just be the guy that goes on like the the tour to the alumni associations and and shakes hands i mean barbecue that's big talk but i think we're having i think we're having a different discussion though if like i don't know like to me some someone tweeted like mccullough banks in a desperation three during the second half crap like that you know and you end up losing by a bucket It, it does it does really stink that i mean i hate to you know, like we, I feel like we just read excuses these days. That feels like yet another thing to, you know, you know, just complain about, but you had a chance here and you didn't close it out. And I think that's like, to me, that turns the bus around and faces it at the coaching. I mean, and scoot and scoot, be honest. Like, let's say, let's say that toots does kick the ball out to Emmett. Emmett drains a three West Virginia gets their first win in the fog and we're doing this podcast. Are you talking differently? Like no, uh, you're talking no, one no, play. I think, I think I think we are. I think we're having a totally I think we are different too, conversation. I, don't, I think we are I don't, too. I think we're talking a totally. different I don't conversation. know because I've I've been feeling this way here now for a little while. Because Scoot, we're not talking about Neil Brown in a sinking ship, right? We're we're talking about Bob Huggins that has a team that's and you are the one who who called me on it has a team that's winning or losing games against big 12 foes that are nationally ranked by a bucket or two. It's not like last year when we're walking out of every game down 15. Glad you said that because this is where I'm going. Right. So I was about to say, there's an old saying, like if you lose by six or fewer, it's probably the coach. It's probably coaching. Now, if you're getting blown out, that's a that's a difference in talent, right? But if you're if these games are close and we're not closing out and winning, then there's probably some coaching that's that's either not not got the guys ready or not helped get them to finish or whatever. There's there's definitely some more impact from the coach in a closer game than there is when the game is a blowout. And what do you make of, I, I mean, this is kind of a minute, this is like in the weeds a little bit, but you know, we were all watching that game. Did you, did you catch the sequence in the, I believe the second half, um, Ron Everhart is in hugs ear. Yeah. I saw and, that. And the camera stayed on hugs. Cause they were talking about something else. Hugs is giving him like the way my daughter my 15 year old talks to me sometimes or she's like, you're such a ding dong, you know, like that doesn't make any sense. And like the eye rolls and the, like the, you know, face and everything. And then they sort of walk away from each other and hugs gives him the, like the shrug, like that's never going to work. I don't even know why you're telling me whatever it is you're telling me, you know? And I was just sitting there watching the game thinking like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a cohesive coaching, coaching unit you know like we're talking yeah. about the coaching and i i don't want to hammer on hugs too much he's i mean he's earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt here but just if you were to step back a minute it doesn't feel like a big happy family of coaching no well it and i think i mean i don't know i i don't know i know ron everhart was a coach he coached uh where duquesne yeah he yeah. did yeah um 
But Scooch, you know, in the context of Larry Harrison yes. jettisoning, you know, that's kind of what I'm. Yes, Ron Everhart feels, feels like feels he's weird. of that same cloth. I guess I don't know. I I know that um, after one of the wins in the past two weeks, Hugs was a was a, that was a Ron Everhart scout. That was that was Ron. That's the true. Scout. That's true. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. true. I forgot about that. That's true. But at the same time, like. I think there's some issues, obviously. I mean, obviously there had to be some issues because Larry's not here anymore. In the mid-season, not here anymore. So that's weird, right? Nobody does that in the middle of a season. So there's obviously some sort of coaching issues, whether it was Larry going up against Hugs and, and you know trying to contradict him or undermine him or something. I don't really know if it was – you know, when they say it was in the best interest of the university, if there was more to it than what we actually know, I don't know. But there's definitely some kind of coaching friction. There is, um, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the players are there. It's the product that we're seeing from them that's that's lacking, and that's got to be coming from the coach. The the weird thing though, hugs. Now you're at a point where, you know, to kind of bring it full circle to you talking about. Uh, is it what Joey Brackets has is 20 and we've got like the worst record in the top 40. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, now you're sitting at 16 and 13 and Guido post game hugs is saying, um, you turn on the TV and they say West Virginia needs one more win. I don't even know why we need one more win with the schedule we've played. And I, I think that's such a weird thing to hear him say. Like, you've got 16 if, wins. You've only won three more than you've right, lost. Like, right. you need, well, you you need one have, more win. Like, I, I know what he means. Like, I, I get the sentiment, and that's why the computers love it. But when you've only won six of your conference games, that's why they're saying that. So let's play this out, right? So two conference games left. And, like, let's look at it right now. Let's do the Joe Lenardi. Let's do the bracketology thing, right? So if you look at most, if not all, of the bracketology, most of them have West Virginia still in and in with a bye, right? Not doing that whatever the first right. – the eight – the four right. games they play, the right? So um, Joe Lenardi – Johnson, by the way, you need to get your wallet out. Joe Lenardi has West Virginia playing uh, 11 in the East – which means that their first game would be in Greensboro. Nice. But here's the thing. Let's play this out. West Virginia has two more games left in the regular season. And I said six conference wins. They only have five. So Right. Like, they only have five conference wins. Yeah. They got to go to Ames right. and deal with that, that Hilton Magic. Hilton Magic, please. Yeah. Make me puke. They're going to be mad, Guido, because uh, they just kind of got housed by Oklahoma. Yep. Like they've lost a bunch in a row, and this last game was kind of ugly. So they'll be nice and angry for us. And and we kind of started WVU because I was ranked eleventh when we played them. Iowa State was ranked eleventh when That's we played true, them. That's true. Yeah, WVU kind of started their slide, right? So we beat them seventy six seventy one in the Coliseum back on February eighth, and then they just have kind of been down. I think they've won one or two games. Yeah, since they've then. won one game since they're they're one and four. Yeah. Since we played them, yeah, that's crazy. So now, now we come into Ames. They're cranked. We have to deal with the Hilton Magic. Hilton Magic, like <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got that going on. And then we come back home. 
uh, and we finish off the season, senior day, uh, on Saturday against K-State with a 2 o'clock tip-off, uh, only on ESPN+, Plus, by the way. Uh, I think, like, here's the thing. Take out, I don't think it matters how we perform in the Big 12 Conference. I think we have to win these two games to be in the tournament. And if we don't, if we don't win these two games, then we have to win at least one, if not two rounds in the conference tournament. Like that's, I feel like we're in this situation where like we have got to win at least three, two or three more games to be in. And that's going to be a hard, that's harder than you think. Well, it is. I, I felt like 18 wins is where I wanted us to get to. And I felt confident, you know, like a month ago, if we could just manage to limp to 18 wins, were it 16, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I kind of even think if you split these and then go win one in the tournament, um, I don't know. That's a lot of losses that you've racked up. And to me, it it's going to be tough, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to think at this point. I, I kind of thought the dream had died with the Texas tech loss. Right. Um, but the computer's, just continue to love this team, Scoot. I don't know. It's Let me the weirdest say this. thing. Like, Let me, I'm going to throw something out. I feel like if we make it into the tournament and Huggins makes it to the second weekend of the tournament, maybe, you know, let's let's play crazy. Let's say we get to uh, maybe even an Elite Eight. Because I do feel like if we get the right matchups, like look at Pitt. Right. We crushed Pitt. And isn't that the weird thing that because of this whole thing, you probably do get a really low seed and it does like set you up for a weird, like people like an 11 seed an 11 seed would be amazing. Yeah. And like then people underestimating you, you know, and then they run into you. And if we play decent, um, so that that could be really interesting. I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. If we can get to the second weekend, does... Hugs walk away. If he gets a Sweet Sixteen or an yeah. Eight Eight team, does he retire on that? Because I'm th- well, I'm thinking like I, I don't know how many times is he going to fix it, right? Because he wants, yeah, right? Now, he wants to go out right. on top. That's what you I'm saying. He like because he said last year, he said last year I can't go out like this. He actually right. said that. So last year, right, you're you know I think if we don't make it to the tournament, he comes back. But how many times is he going to be able to do that? Like you basically are rebuilding again. Yeah, because that's that's an interesting point, Scoot. We should noodle on this for a second because if you do play it forward, you don't make the tournament. You're you're losing like the bulk of this whole team, right? right? I right. mean, you're losing your whole starting five, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Um, with the exception of Jimmy Bell. Okay. Yeah. So he might be. I mean, you're you're losing you're losing the bulk of your team, and you are going to have to start from scratch again. So I I don't I don't know, Scoot. That's a really. So I think that's a that's a really. I I don't know that I hadn't thought about it, but now that you now that you ask it that way, I think if they went on some kind of decent run, maybe maybe that happens. I think fixing it in I think prior to this year, maybe fixing it in our minds was like. A Final Four, uh, a national championship. Maybe fixing it is just getting us back into the tournament and being respectful. 
having a respectful showing in the tournament. Maybe that's fixing well, it. Well, because the guy's what seventy? Is he seventy? Like, yeah. I mean, well, how many? Yeah. Uh, 60, 68, 69? 60, late sixties. Yeah, sixty eight. Well, I think my fear, though, Guido, is that we're so for a month we've been saying West Virginia has to be in the tournament. Conference is hard. Joey brackets and people love us. Conference is hard. Conference is hard. Conference is hard. Don't hold all these losses against them. Conference is hard. My fear is we get in, we play some, obviously not from the big 12 conference, maybe even a mid major or something like us. And we get like Stephen F. Austin in the first round. One of those. Yeah. We'll play like one of those automatic qualifiers. And and then it'll be like, you'll have a horde of people saying, see, this is why they shouldn't have been in. That to me is going to be the, potentially painful thing that I just don't want to deal with. If I'm being honest, like if we get there, then I want them to get their poop in a group and play well, like Scoot's talking about. I don't want to get there, get shellacked by a team that everyone doesn't feel so great about. And then you have to deal with that. So let me ask you this question. Let's, let's play the even, let's go negative. Let's, let's, let's go dark, depressing, (laughs) you know, scoot under a blanket. Football mode. Let's go football mode. Football yeah. mode. Football let's go football mode. mode. Let's go football mode with this team. Football. Let's mode say we. Engaged. Let's say we. Let's say we lose these last two games against Iowa State and K State. Okay. And then we go into the tournament, uh, the Big Twelve tournament, the Phillips Sixty Six. We play in a giant stadium, Big Twelve tournament, and let's say we lose in the first round there. So we just boom. Next three games, lose, lose, lose. So you finish sixteen and sixteen. We get an NIT invite. Are we going? We didn't last year. I don't know. Man, that feels like for this group, for like if I'm because you're if because I'm you're Trey Mitchell, Emmett Ma- yeah, yeah. If I'm Trey Mitchell, Emmett Matthews, Eric Stevenson, I have to I have to think they would look at that like I'm I don't know like I this is a huge this this is not this was not the target you know I I'm sure they would be like ugh but. A lot of them are going to be finishing out their careers, their collegiate careers. Chance to play more ball, yeah. Potentially like, get their names. I think they play. I think they would play because I feel like – You'd be playing in the Coliseum, you know. Uh, but I feel like these guys are more likely to play professionally, not necessarily in the NBA, but these guys are more pros than the last group of guys. Like Malik Curry, where is he now? Uh, what was the guy with the same name? Paulie Policap. You hear a lot from him yeah. in the professional. Good uh, cook. <laughs> same name. He was a good yeah, cook. Like, that's what Here's the thing I'll say about it. I think they have to play in the NIT. I think they have to accept the NIT for, for two reasons. For two reasons. And they're both program-based reasons, right? You're in a situation now where the football program stinks and can't get into a bowl game. You're in a situation where you got a new athletic director. You just fired the last one. And the last one was the one who was the scapegoat for us not playing in the NIT last year, right? We didn't want to write the check. It costs a lot of money to play in the NIT. I think you have to. And then I think for those guys, you have to. I think for the for for these, you know, the Emmett who comes back and the Erickson who's been in college for 15 years. And all of these guys who've played this much ball, you got to let them try to get some sort of postseason action. I think you have to if you're W. What happens if you lose that first game in the NIT? 
Well, you know, that's I uh, you know, that's what it is what it is at that point. But I mean Isn't it isn't it so like to me it's a wonderful summary of this team and this season that you've talked a plausible scenario of keeping it together and getting to the sweet sixteen or a plausible scenario well, lost of the first round rolling of the off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, and lost very first game in an NIT. Like, and both seem completely plausible to me. Absolutely, it's isn't that crazy? This team is. This is what this team's. It's very. This is a very hard team to watch. It's very emotionally yeah, draining it as a West Virginia fan. Right. Completely. I. It is. It is terrible. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, Johnson, I, you know, it's just been a stressful couple of months in basketball. I guess football, we had no expectations. I think that's the difference. Football, we had very low expectations. Still don't. <laughs> basketball, we had high expectations. You know, we had higher expectations. Scoot had us winning, you know, the national championship. So, you know. Uh, so we should talk about some other news. A couple other WVU basketball news things. Congratulations to Joe Missoula. He is no longer the interim coach of the Boston Celtics. He is now officially the head coach of the Celtics. So, you know, good on him. That's that's awesome. He's doing really well. Celtics are kind of raking through the NBA right now and playing really well. So so good for him. Um, other crazy things that are kind of happening. We and I, I feel like it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Darius Nichols and and that team. Unfortunately, Darius Nichols. Uh, gets charged with a DUI earlier this week. Not looking good for him and his job down there in Radford. Johnson. No, and I this this one this one I hate. We and you're right. We had just talked about. I think he has Radford or had Radford at 15 and nine. They were having a great season by their standards. He's having a lot of success there. Picked up on this DUI charge, and I I read later kind of a follow on to that story that I think. Um, you know, like he was like blood alcohol level three times the, you know, the legal limit, stuff like that. So I'm I'm hoping right now it's interesting. His his brother, I think, is an assistant. He has been named the interim head coach right now. But I guess we'll have to see. I I uh, I hate this kind of thing for someone that looked like they were having a really promising start to a coaching career. But but we'll see. Congratulations to the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, not only the best conference right now in basketball with the most teams in the top 25, all that craziness, uh, Big 12 right now also leads in capacity, highest capacity attendance per game, 75% average, 75% capacity per game, uh, 10% more than the next highest conference, Johnson. Yeah, and I the so this graphic, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, the thing that jumped out to me, Scoot, was the Pac-12 – 33%. Like, they would have a tough time filling the uh, TCU laser tag center at that rate. Well, yeah, and it's like, is <laughs> is anyone on the West Coast paying attention to their sports anymore? Like, that just, to me, it's like, man, they're they're really going through it right now. I, I don't, I've never seen any, I mean, and we witnessed the Big East, you know? Well, it, does it make, does it make the Big 12 want to Come on aboard. Right. Yeah, you guys right. Really You're right. House it, here in Oregon. I, come on in. I had the same thought. Yeah, it's like come on in guys. We love the success you're having with eyeballs. Like come Arizona on in. state Not really. really fill it up. Come on in. <laughs> right, right. Well, that that leads us guys into a really good conversation, which is kind of footballish, kind of just WVU generalish. Let's talk about conference realignment. 
Because it's back, baby. I mean, I think it's back, Johnson. It feels back. Uh, so I think this talk sort of got kicked off earlier this month when uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark um, said, you know, now that the news came out that Texas and Oklahoma will forego $100 million in revenue from the Big 12 to go ahead and exit, which, you know, so there'll be there'll be one season in the 14-team format next season, then they're out uh, yep. football-wise. And then he was quoted as saying, now that that has kind of been settled, he wants to, quote, scoot, aggressively pursue expansion. Yeah, I, and I, from what I've gathered... Uh, it may not be all football schools, right? We've heard Gonzaga. We've heard we've heard Villanova. other scenarios mentioned. Yeah, so so who knows? So then Guido on the it was like almost on cue. The Pac-12 releases a statement, and someone I should have I should have saved it. Maybe it was in a comment I read on Twitter, but someone said this had all the makings of like the Neil Brown hostage video, you know, like it had the same feeling. The pack, everything's fine. Yeah. The pack 12 releases like this. Everything's fine. We're all banded together and we love each other. Everything's fine here. Don't like, don't read anything into this. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, you, so then you start hearing rumors like the pack 12 is trying to get San Diego state to come aboard. Uh, they're trying to, you know, they're, they're talking SMU. Which they're isn't packed, that Guido. Like if, if I ever was going to group two people together, it would be like Cal Berkeley and the folks at SMU, right? That seems like just a natural, that just seems like a natural fit right there. Does it not? I, you know, I, and this is where I get, I get in conference realignment gets rough for me here because then you get, you know, Florida state starts getting their Hawks up and they're like, Hey, listen guys, ACC, we're awesome. We need everything. There's no other ACC school that's as big as us. And then the ACC is like, well, we'll start talking to other people like Washington. And I'm like, or Oregon. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, ACC. Isn't your name Atlantic Coast Conference? I, last time I checked, Oregon and Washington were on the other coast. Yeah, and this, like <laughs> I think this one really grabs everyone's attention, Guido, because Florida State's AD basically tells the rest of the conference, like, like you said, hey, we're a brand, but they want the whole point of the discussion was like, look, we want uneven revenue distribution. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're expecting. And I so, you know, this Dennis Dodd tweets this out. There was like a YouTube video of some presentation they did. And I to me, this is like a shot across the bow. If you ever saw one to, to kick this off. I, I Yeah. Dennis Dodd says uh, Florida State's general counsel puts a hundred twenty million dollar price tag on buying out of the ACC. That's crazy. That's like, that is crazy. Are we there? Yeah, right. That's yeah. insane. And, then, and I'll, I'll tell you right now. And this is and this is the time of year where that happens. Scooty, like this starts to happen right around March Madness. This is the last couple times that we've had these big big shifts it's all happened like shortly in or around march madness you see the national championship game end, and then like come april may these t that the, the, when we had the big turnover 10 years ago that's when this happened and i feel like this is gonna happen so let's play this out for a second okay let's say the four schools that i've heard the most the gonzaga villanova and the two arizona schools yep Join the Big Twelve. Okay, are you excited? No, 
Am I excited as a West Virginia fan? Am I excited? No. Yeah, and and I and I don't know why Villanova would ever do that. Like I, to me, I don't know. Or Gonzaga, to be honest. I mean, I, I think Gonzaga I really will. I think they would be more likely to than 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 Villanova because I feel like the big knock on Gonzaga has always been, well, they're not in a real conference. And like you remember, Hugs made the comment like, "Hey, be careful what you wish for." Right. Yeah. So right. My guess is, but if you're a Gonzaga fan, aren't you aren't you holding your little your little flower in your hand that you water every season, and you're like, "We have this little thing we love," and then you're just yeah. gonna run the car Here's over it. Here's our twenty wins. Like we get them. Right. They're like given like, to us. Like, come on. Here's the thing. I think they think they're good though. I think they think they're better than that. I think they think they can play with anybody. So they're like, ah. Big Twelve, watch out because here we come. You guys, like, I th- but let's play this out though. Let's really play this out, Scoot. So Florida State does take the jump because that's what you need, right? Before, I mean, like, minus San Diego State and SMU joining the Pac Twelve, or maybe these school. Like, I don't think I think if San Diego State and SMU and the Pac Twelve can hold it together, I don't know the Arizona schools. They may hang. Gonzaga, whatever, I don't care about. Nova, whatever. Like the I mean, that's it's interesting from a basketball standpoint, I get it, but like but let's say Florida State does make the jump. Let's say Florida State goes, Hey, you know what? We're worth more and we've got the SEC on the phone. What happens at that point, right? Because then you got Florida State makes the jump. The ACC's starting to go, Well, we gotta grab people. Where do does West Virginia have any chance of changing at that point, or are we still stuck? where we are i don't know well i'll i'll go scoot i'll go first i i my fear guido is you know that uh you know that meme of like from fresh prince of bel-air where he walks into the living room and all the furniture is gone like i i my fear has always been when they finally bring wvu to the acc table it won't be the acc that we had wanted to be a part of right and i think in fairness to like a ren baker but is that true john cena though well is that is that true though? If you went to the ACC and Florida State wasn't there and Miami wasn't there, but Te- Virginia Tech was there and Pitt was there and Virginia was there and you had some regional rivalries. Yeah, yeah. My fear is that those people would all like my fear is that it wouldn't like it would strip a bunch more away, I guess. I I guess I should have prefaced that in, but in true West Virginia fashion, I I believe I you can tell that I've become a fan. I believe the ACC will grab like Washington and Oregon before they come to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would tick me, me off, off. just like they went and got and I, Boston and College I st- and Syracuse. Yeah, right, right. I that would right. you're exactly right. I I agree, and I think too if you're like a Ren Baker, I think they would look at it as a business proposition, and they like if things if other things stayed status quo and the ACC is trying to grab you to bolster what's falling apart. I think you would, unfortunately you would probably stop and say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing just fine over here with my pack, you know, my TV package. Does it hurt us that our athletic director has no true understanding of these regional, you know, rivalries and the, in the historic part, like guys from Texas, right? Or Oklahoma originally and most recently Texas or whatever. Like in my mind, he's kind of a big 12 guy through and through. Right? I mean, he was at North Texas. I mean, yeah, that's right. all he knows. I mean, I, he's that region, right? right. Definitely. That's he's all he really knows. That region perspective. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. So, in his mind, does he think, well, 
Big 12 is the best and we can't leave the Big 12 because that's what I know and I know it's how, how good it is. Uh, it and, could be, yeah. You know, everyone everyone in the state but him and, and maybe Gordon Gee or whoever are like, let's go to the ACC, please, please. I just think he would be more apt to look at it from the business perspective where – you know, they like, so we're talking about the ACC. I think if I remember correctly, they're tied into a already not great contract through like 2036 oh, or something. Oh, it would be a money and, loss for yeah. us for sure. Right. So yeah. I think he would look thing. at it like, I, I I think it's my obligation to not put us in a money losing situation from our current. So Yeah. I and, and I think that's why Florida State is just chomping at the bit to get out, you know, because the ACC is in a horrible contract. What if the Big 12 brought in? Florida State. I don't. I mean, they're going to be. Brett Yormark said he's going to be aggressive. That would be aggressive. I mean, that would be aggressive. They've already got Central Florida. I think the SEC is looking for those. Teams. I get it. Like the SEC, the SEC is just waiting for those. You know, those apples to fall I get off the it, tree so they can pick them up. Wouldn't that be something? It would be something. I mean, it would be. It would change. It would start to change my opinion a little bit more of the Big Twelve. I'll say that. I would say that. Like especially from a football standpoint. Not that it matters for us because Neil Brown's our head coach and we're not going to win three games next season. Or but, in a row. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we are so negative uh, on football right now. You... Uh, I do have a positive football note. Okay. Okay. It's been uh, 13 weeks since WVU threw a screen pass. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is positive. Thank you. Thanks for thanks, bringing us around. Thanks, Scoot. So, guys, we should probably try to start wrapping it up. A couple of things we do need to cover, though, before we do. Congratulations to Chuck Halley, former West Virginia football player, newly inducted into the uh, NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Halley, from Wheeling originally, played his college career at West Virginia in the 50s, and then he had a, a pretty amazing uh, professional a career in the NFL from 1958 to 1973, mostly with the Cowboys as a linebacker. Uh, so congratulations, Tim. Also, congratulations to Dante Stills, who got drafted by the New Orleans Breakers yeah. of the USFL, which starts, I think, in a couple of weeks here. Like, I think April, mid-April it starts. I think that's right, um, yeah. If, if you want to watch some football, Dante will be playing – uh, some professional football there, and it's good. Like I do think it's great that they're giving another professional United States professional option for some of these guys who are great football players. They don't have to go to Canada. They can play in a like it plays just like the NFL. It looks just like the NFL. Well, and I like it for Dante for too because I think it gives him some insurance if his NFL draft dream doesn't go the way he wants. You know, I think it's cool. I think good for him. Right, right. Uh, we should. I would be remiss, guys. We are three baseball guys, and we don't talk enough baseball. Uh, but it is still early in the season. WVU baseball starts is uh, right now. They're what four and three. They lost two out of three to Georgia Southern to start off the season last week, and then uh, they went to College Park and they played in. And Scoot, this is a great name for a baseball stadium, by the way. Scoot, you're going to love this. They played Maryland, number thirteenth ranked Maryland, in Bob Turtle. Smith Stadium. Oh, I like it. That's that's you know. So you get like a Turtle Smith Stadium right there. Uh, but they beat Maryland eight to six uh, in College Park, a thirteenth ranked Maryland, and then they went into Arizona this past weekend and took two out of three from Arizona. So that's I mean, 
catching up, catching up. Interesting. They play an exhibition game Monday night, probably the day that you're listening to this podcast, against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, it's their minor league squad. So, but it's a it's interesting that they get to do that's that. Am- uh, I think know. that's amazing for those guys. Yeah. That's super cool. They're going. They're going to Salt River Fields. That's the minor league uh, training facility for the Diamondbacks. Obviously, the relationship there is Ken Kendricks, who is a West Virginia University alumni, pretty big donor, part of the Country Roads uh, Foundation. Uh, also, is the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, and then we've got a couple of games coming up this week on TV. You can uh, see us play William and Mary in Williamsburg later this week again on Flow Sports. And then we go and we play VCU at the Diamond in Richmond, and that game's on ESPN Plus on Saturday. Uh, so definitely get a chance to check that out. But WVU baseball coming along. I mean, uh, J.J. Weatherholt, who was kind of the standout last year, leading right now kind of the team leader leads the team and hits rbis i think i think brayden barry might lead in rbis um or tied with him uh jj weatherhold has two home runs so far going into the season so definitely check out randy Maisie and his team uh doing well conference play doesn't start for another two weeks uh we start off another three weeks actually we start off uh against uh kansas state later in march so uh, definitely check out WVU. A lot of games on ESPN Plus. You get to watch WVU baseball, guys. Hey, and listen, don't forget find us as well. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Got Your Ears. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, same way. And check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Johnson, you can buy stuff there. You can buy stuff. You can click through from the website to the merch store and check out all the merch. You can listen to the latest show right in the link on the show, on the uh, homepage, excuse me. And you can also. Check out all the show notes that we had uh, for this this week's show right there on the page. So check it all out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. WVU basketball plays two games this week. They play on Monday, the 27th, in Ames, Iowa. Got that Hilton Magic on ESPN2. That's a 9 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. And then they play on Saturday back at the Coliseum, 2 p.m. against Kansas State for Senior Day. Scooty, we'll be back next week with another show. It's either going to be a really happy show or a really depressing show. But it will be a show. <laughs> Conf- it confirmed. Will be a show. Yes. Conf- confirmed. Confirmed it will be a show. <laughs> so uh, definitely check that out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back soon. Let's go, Mountaineers. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.